0: Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Rupert Deese. We recorded this in person in July in front of my home in Portland, Oregon. Ugh, what a treat. <laughs> what a concept. Before we get started, I just want to remind everyone that you can order Get Up in the Cool swag like t-shirts, tank tops, phone cases, bags, stickers, etc. It's a great way to support the show. And you get to have Trisha Spencer's artwork on your stuff. Just follow the link in the show notes on your podcast app. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with this week's guest. But first, here's my interview and jam with Rupert Dees. Enjoy. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you.
1: It's great to be here.
0: Gosh. <clears throat> I first heard you play harmonica at Jane Rothfield's camp at Clifftop, I believe two years ago. Yeah. At your first Clifftop. Yes. And you rocked up on a jam in the middle of a tune, pulled out your harmonica, and I was like, Rupert, I didn't know you play harmonica. <laughs> and you've been like, and you're like, I've been playing for two weeks. <laughs> it's my new favorite <laughs> instrument, and I was like, "Well, goddamn, Rupert, you sound really good." Uh, <laughs> and you've been, you've been working on it. I can tell. <laughs> it was great then, and it's, and, and it's even great now. Oh my
1: god, that was one of those totally far out jams. I mean, I remember I had like, um, I was so nervous. You know, I, I like first clifftop syndrome. I feel like is something that I've discussed with like many folks. And, um, now,
0: why, why were you nervous? You were a very gregarious young man, a talented musician. Why were you nervous about your first clifftop?
1: Because I didn't know anybody.
0: Because of the thousands of people that are all strangers? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you, and, and there's like, I mean, like, I get hungry for like music and experiences, you know, like, I, and that's like part of my gregariousness. And, um, there's a lot of that kind of hunger at festivals, I think. Yes. And I think it's... I mean, there are a lot of parallels in, like, other aspects of life, you know, but it's just kind of like when everybody's out there to get something and you can kind of sense, you know, those like that that that's what people are into, you know, is, like, there's people that they're looking to reconnect with or, you know, they're hearing some sound that is just what they were looking for and they're, like, trying to zone in on it. And I guess it being my first time there... You know, I definitely didn't have the gumption to just kind of like set up a camp and just kind mm. of wait for people to show up. Sure. So instead, you know, my experience was kind of being on the outside of all of this stuff. Yeah. And at the time, you know, I mean, it was two years ago. I was like, I was much less confident, mm. and so I, I mean, just like I was less experienced as a as a musician, and so I was kind of like, it's really intimidating, you know, to try and get access to the music that I was like, this is where I want to be.
0: Yeah. But these players are, like, you know, near the tops. You know, what worked for really well for me um, is just having a really unearned sense of confidence. And I wonder if you'd just consider doing that oh. instead. I'm still doing that. I don't.
1: I don't consider that. That's like a, it's a switch. It's a, It's one of those switches in my body that's kind of, you know, it's like, um. it's caulked in the on position. And there's nothing I can do about it.
0: Yeah. That's prob. That's probably <laughs> healthy. <laughs> well, I'll, that was that was a hoot. Yeah. What, how have you been going? We're not just going to do harmonica today. Yeah. But like, this is a new instrument in your life. How have you been going about learning the harmonica? Well, was there a, was there a moment where you were like, I want to learn how to play old time harmonica, like, for an external moment that happened that inspired you? Ooh. Like, why did you choose that instrument?
1: Actually, yeah. You know, there was. Um, and I don't know... I wasn't plugged in enough to know who this was. Mm. Anyway, I'm, I'm jumping, like, three beats ahead of the story. But um, I was in Seattle at the Folklife Festival. Oh, yeah. Um, did you go?
0: I've never been. never been. I would love yeah. to go
1: someday. It's yeah. great. It's yeah. really lovely. And I had a, um, a friendly connection to... Um, The sort of volunteering aspect of the festival, which is, you know, for people who are unfamiliar with folk life, there are it has the most stages of any regional festival that I've ever been to. Damn. And then the purpose is kind of explicitly so that they can have acts that are not, you know, acts that like that effectively, in terms of like their energy and like the public interest, service a room of like 20 rather than you know a lawn of you know, 5,000. Sure. And so they, you know, the adjacent conference center has like four or five stages where, you know, I heard zither music. Yeah. There's a zither set. Yeah. You know, and they do bagpipes and there's, I think there's some Morse dancing always and all this different stuff. So there's a ton of volunteering that is done. And they have this big volunteer tent where you can get, you know, power bars and whatever else. But there's um that tent is like where all of the musicians and then also the volunteers, like they show up with their instruments. Yeah. And so throughout the entire day, there's a few different jams going on, yeah. you know, inside, outside the volunteer area. That was the first time actually that I had really been in like, around like a critical mass of old time musicians. Yeah. And kind of seen what could happen, you know, with like three or four jams going at the same time, you like float between them, you hear new music you sit in if you feel like you can cut it or you just sit back and listen and there's kind of no pressure to do one thing or the other and in one of those jams and at that time I just played guitar yeah. so and I didn't play that much old time so mm-hmm. I was not at a um, a huge advantage of sitting down with my guitar you know thinking like everybody can see if I'm playing the wrong chord because yeah. everybody knows this instrument super well yeah, <laughs> and you know hopefully hear it as well but then there was this guy playing harmonica there, yeah. and um, I mean, it could have been it could have been somebody who I now like know because I listen to their music, but I didn't. It's not fixed in my memory well enough yeah. that I could like pick the guy out of a lineup. But he was just sitting in with a bunch of fiddle players playing really nice, clean, you know, um, the har- like melodic harmonica. Yeah, and I was like, I already had harmonicas, and I was already kind of doing the um, the guitar with the harmonica rig. Yes. For just busking and stuff. Yeah. And then I was—I kind of made me realize, like.
0: You're like you could play notes.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. well, like it was like it was more like you can play something that isn't the blues and isn't Bob Dylan. Yeah. And it was just like this third, you know, the third path that like opened it up with this gentleman.
0: Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and that and that was just you said two years ago.
1: Yeah. No, no, that was um, gosh, let me think. That was like seven or eight years ago now. Seven or eight years ago. But I, yeah, I've been. You were probably a little off in the sense that I had, like, just started playing harmonica. Okay. Then. But it's true that, like... You know, I would say that I kind of... You know, I waded in maybe to my ankles for a while. And then um, about the time that I started going to Clifftop was when I started getting serious about Uh, it. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, um, you seem to like... I mean, you brought, like, a... You brought a lot of stuff here today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you seem to like to be able to participate, sort of in any capacity, and, and to dabble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I use I use that word uh, not in a in any way in a pejorative sense, but you like to just be able to pick up an instrument and like, what's the what needs filled in this specific jam? And you got it. it. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, that's it. And I I didn't really know that I had that that need. But, um, you know, I I guess um, starting out as a guitarist, I was doing a lot of flat picking Mm. um, and really kind of itching to take a more diverse role Mm. in what was going on musically in old time. And there was like this tension because... I think guitars like can take melodic, you like can take melodic lines sure. in old time, but you need two guitars probably,
2: yeah.
1: or you need to be, um, you have really good dynamics and be able to kind of signal well so that yeah. you're not freaking out the fiddlers when their rhythmic backing just like kind of disappears. And most,
0: yeah, most of the time you have like in order to really hear a flatpicked guitar, you have to like without amplification, yeah. you have everyone has to be willing to get really quiet. And, and find something to do that's not playing
1: with yeah. yeah. has to be, you know, actually. Like, I mean, I started playing the like a year ago. If you asked me to play, like, play the melody but play quietly, yeah. I'd, be like, I'd be like, not an option. <laughs> you know,
0: like, Good joke. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Great joke. <laughs> like, I'm stuck in fifth year over here, you know, yeah. if you don't do anything else. So I kind of was uncomfortable just playing the guitar because I wanted to do other stuff. Yeah. But I didn't really understand. I mean, I think if you told me, like, oh, you'll feel better if you just learn three more instruments, I would have laughed, because that's, like, you know, it just feels so, like, it's such a defeated place to start, you yeah, know? it's like yes. <laughs> <laughs> but slowly, that's kind of what's happened, and I think um, as of, like, a year ago, I just realized that I no longer felt like... I wasn't, like, trying to flex when I was playing the guitar anymore. Yeah. And that was a really good feeling. Hmm. Because it, it was just like, it, it just felt like, oh, this is a problem that I used to have where I felt like I needed to insert myself, or like, you know, my enthusiasm uh. for like participating in different, you know, roles in the music was like coming into conflict with the sort of um, least obtrusive, and again, I don't say that in a pejorative way, sure, um, sure. way to play that instrument. Yeah. And now that I kind of have these different avenues, it's been a huge relief. So I think the the answer for the multi-instruments is that, yeah, it's just a way, the benefit is that I get to unobtrusively explore participating in the music from all these different angles. And yeah. I really like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, what what do you want to play next? So I think you said earlier that you want to end on another harmonica Oh tune. yeah, we'll do another we'll harmonica do some tune. some stuff in between. Yeah,
1: why don't we, we'll do it like a, um, we'll kind of, I'm, visualizing this pyramid of like we'll go to the banjo next and then we'll yeah we don't need to go any farther than that
0: Um, you don't want to go with the sandwich metaphor
1: i don't i don't um (laughs) (laughs) the last time i did a podcast with my buddy and he was like it's going to be an hour and a half long and his format is like an hour yeah and i was like har har and then it was yeah so (laughs) i'm i'm trying to um be sensitive to people who who may not want to spend as much time in my head as
0: I'm forced to. That's not what podcasts are about. <laughs> okay. So what are we playing next?
1: So this is a, um, a version of Willie Moore that I got from the Alison DeGroote and uh, Petra Maha album. Uh,
0: so good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> And I, I got it because well, anyway, we can save it for a discussion post. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, It's a really, it's a cool version and um, um, yeah, see how, see how we all do. If I remember, this one starts on the
0: five chord, is that true?
2: Yeah. Okay, great. Mm
0: to that song. (laughs) (laughs) Signed J.R.G.
2: Right?
1: It's like so Jane Austen or something. Yes. (laughs) I'll never tell. The (laughs) other other weird thing about that one, right, is that um, The Flowery West. The Flowery
0: West. What is that
2: all about?
1: Well, I, I actually... There are two reasons that I like this song. One is that it was composed in the West. Which is just a fun detail. Yes. If you believe... Yeah. You know...
0: <laughs> if you believe what JRG said.
1: That's right. Yeah, if you believe JRG, it was composed in the West, yeah. um, which is unusual for the repertoire. Um, and the other thing is that it's the flowery West, which the history of, I guess, I don't want to say the wilderness because it's kind of a, a colonialist term, but the history of the, of the pre-European um, flora and fauna of California is you know, pretty well-known through the national parks and whatever, but something that I was fascinated to learn is that the Central Valley, which is now where, you know, something like 70% of America's produce comes from, um, it before it was fully irrigated to support, you know, growing pecans and, you know, um, well, almonds and soybeans and all, you know, everything that, that um, all the produce that we get from the Central Valley, um, it was just full of flowers. Mm. I mean, Central Valley is enormous. And just, ima- just imagining all that water that has been now diverted for agriculture was just growing these... And all that rich soil was just growing, you know, thousands and thousands of acres of wildflowers.
0: Mm. Wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> Too wild, all these flowers. Yeah, right? Order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness!
1: But you wouldn't call it the Flowery West anymore. I feel like, but you know, if you yep. if you were if you were in the Central Valley before um, enormous amounts of agriculture, it would yep. be obvious because you just you come over the Sierras out of the out of the Mojave, and all of a sudden it's just
0: like flowers. Hmm. So that's this is this is an American song. You know what? This
1: is my, this is my canon. I love it And nobody canon. can, nobody can, nobody will <laughs> shake it from me. But, you know, you're probably right. Maybe it is. It surprised me, though, right? Because it would surprise me if, if they were referring to, like, the west of Ireland or of Scotland. I don't
0: know.
1: Have you ever Maybe heard? Maybe there's
0: flowers there. I don't know.
1: Maybe so. William well,
0: Moore sounds like a Scottish name or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. That verse is also strikes me
0: as being kind of suspect.
1: Yeah. You know, like,
0: where, yeah. Where you know what? We're just gonna say it here because I'm tired of all the haters. Yeah, Re- this is the canon. <laughs> Revising history. <laughs> no, oh yeah. man. No, it's that's fun to speculate. I like I like that a
1: lot. Yeah, at yeah. least that's that's and that's totally what it evokes for me. And so there maybe there may be another valid history that's like more useful to scribe down somewhere. But that's it's too late for me. I've already committed.
0: Man, you done made some folk music and folk history, <laughs> bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, that's in a funky tuning, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's an odd tuning. We were discussing this earlier, but I'm trying... I will try to represent it accurately, which we is... We were
0: slightly up-tuned from where we were.
1: Like, we're we lower were, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, okay, yeah that's right, that's right, yeah. So, the tuning... The tuning is basically... It's an it's a, like a double C-type tuning, but you've ra- we've, I've raised the... The two highest strings,
0: or the first, and the second. first and second yeah.
1: string, right? Sure. Um, the two highest non-drone strings, yeah. right? <laughs> I've raised the first and second strings by a whole step. Yeah, which as near as I can tell is what Alison Degree is doing on the recording. Yeah, but um, it gets you this really interesting kind of ambiguous, like five kind of one thing, you know, because you. are <laughs> between the the two the second scale degree and the third scale degree yeah and i love that ambiguity
0: yeah it sounds beautiful
3: it's uh, yeah it's very sweet I was,
1: yeah i was yeah. totally obsessed with it when i figured it out it's like that meme that has been that has like been making the rounds forever which is like this loot player and he's tightening up the, one of the pegs and he has this look on his face like <laughs> and uh, the title was like me at 12 when i discovered drop d tuning yes <laughs> <laughs> There's still such a delight, though, in finding a new yes, tuning that works.
0: When, when did you start playing Clawhammer Banjo?
1: That was about a year and a half ago. Oh, well,
0: there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. Thanks,
1: dude. Yeah. So, I,
0: when I. I believe I met you. Did I meet you at Sing and Stomp? Yeah. Like three years ago? Yeah, three. Is that th- really three years ago? I think it was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Right. Uh, shout out to Old Lazarus Harp. Yeah, totally. Old Lazarus Harp. Is Sing and Stomp still I mean, obviously not this year. Yeah. But is Sing and Stomp still going every
1: year? It's still a going affair, yeah. Yeah. Um huh. at least as best as I know. Yeah. You know, things kind of have to um change format, but all those organizers are still in the scene in Chicago doing yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, it's a great it was a great festival, especially that year it was really awesome. <sighs> that
0: was so fun. So you were you were playing you were not playing uh, banjo at that point. No. Or even when I stayed with you uh, for Thanksgiving. Or no. Before yeah. For Thanksgiving you weren't that huh? Well, wow. this does sound lovely. <laughs>
3: Especially <laughs> Thanks, playing,
0: man. playing that fretless banjo. Yeah. I we
1: were talking about this earlier, but I. Well, I mean the reason I ended up with the fretless was, because, I have this kind of running joke with some of my friends in. Um, go on this ski trip with every year that every year i show up with a new instrument yeah. <laughs> and the first year it was just a guitar because i just kind of had decided that like there were a few of us who all played you know not not like folk music but just music in general and we were up at this condo for like five days and i was there a couple of days early in denver and i thought i can wrestle up you know a cheap guitar and yeah. then we'll have some fun playing some music so i showed up you know, with this no case, you know, like some dreadnought made somewhere, you know, probably in China with some brand that you've never heard of. And that was fun. And then the next year I thought, well, I got to do this again just because yeah. it's my reputation now.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so I ended up at the um, the Denver Folklore Society or the folks store or school or whatever. But it's a sweet music shop. It's like about the size of a nail salon. Yeah. And um, they had uh, this Enoch this Enoch tradesman fretless listed on commission. Yeah. And I could just like you know I was telling myself the Hemingway story in my head. You know it's like somebody buys a fretless banjo and then they're like, never mind. This is all, <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> and so it just goes <laughs> immediately you know on commission. And they said it'd been there for like a year 11. or something. <laughs> so I, I couldn't play at that point, but I knew that I wanted. I knew that I wanted to have a banjo yeah and so and I had heard some of the Enix set um, at Clifftop the year before and I just really loved the way they sounded so yeah. this was that was my entry and so then I I kind of started um but the fretless thing is awesome and it's like such a brain break I think from like playing on a fretted instrument
0: shout out to Kevin Kevin Enoch I, yes I, I hope I get to have him on the show someday I think he has a standing invitation Kevin Enoch If you want to be on the show, (laughs) let's make it happen.
1: We're we're drawing some kind of cultish circle here to, you know, (laughs) to manifest this.
0: And I'm just going to put in some Eye of Newt, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Even even more recent to your collection of instruments is playing the fiddle. Yes. Would you play us a tune on the fiddle and then talk about the far-flung fiddle?
1: Congress oh, I afterwards. will. That's great. great. That's your, You're, like,
0: bribing me along the way. Yes. <laughs> That's great. You may talk about that after you play one fiddle
2: tune. Sure.
0: Saucy. So good. So, tell us about the Far Flung Fiddle Contest. Yes. Well, the Far
1: Flung Fiddle Contest kind of happened in response to the pandemic, but in another sense was just kind of a happy accident of timing. Hmm. The sentiment behind it was that there is a lot of fiddle music across... um, you know, I mean, really many traditions that all kind of speak to each other, and a lot yes. of them have been on the show. Um, you know, whether it's Quebecois um, or you know Cajun or Appalachian, yeah. or you know, and you can you can really dive into sub styles or you know whatever. There's so, there's so many different um, practitioners who have different senses of what they're looking for in, in like the. Epitome of of this of you know of fiddle music, so sure. whatever kind of thing they're doing, yeah. and um, in a traditional festival context, because you're um, in a place, and um, you know that place, it's easier for some people to get there, and you know there's a, there's a tradition associated usually with that place. The judging for any given festival is going to hew to some particular tradition, mm. and so the idea with the far flung fiddle contest was to create a, re- a repeating contest that, r- that runs um, monthly or you know really as often as we yeah. have competitors and judges and funding where the panel and the sort of explicit subgenre or theme changes each time the contest runs.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Um, and the idea being that like anyone can join.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, the, since, it's, since it's an online contest, yeah. we are running the submission process anonymously, so...
0: That's, I think, a really special aspect of what you're doing, because one of the main complaints uh, that I hear, like, at Clifftop, for instance, sure. is that, like, there's this sort of visual show that's going on that, um, you know, that part of the show is valuable, but maybe shouldn't, that shouldn't be part of the judging,
1: Right. Right. No, we completely agree with that. And it, yeah, it falls out as kind of a a happy accident of the format because, um, you know, you can, it's so much easier for us to just strip the video out and send the audio to the judges. And it's easier for them because they're processing less information. But I was personally shocked, you know, in the process of me doing all of the, pro- like, so we've we run one contest. Yeah. We ran a D Breakdowns contest, which um, was, I think, a huge success. I was really happy with how many people participated, yeah. and the diversity of participants and, you know, the, um, the outcomes in terms of, um, you know, the representation of different genres. Um, but, you know, in, in, in working through the videos for that one contest, I found that just listening to the audio only, I'm used to using just the image of the person, you know, their video representation as not necessarily like a a way to predetermine what I think about them, but just as a crutch.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: And not having that, you know, I was even kind of like, I can't even tell if this person is in the youth division or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be easy to like, like the, you know, the voice or whatever to turn it into sort of a gimmicky thing, but were there like any moments like, on air or otherwise like where the judges were like oh wow I did, like I didn't expect this to be coming from this person or anything like that or um or like oh that's who that was or...
1: I hate to say it but I don't think so no I, I I don't I don't think that 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 happened I think it was I will I will bite though on something that you said about you know kind of like the idea of it being like the voice you know and kind of like sure. people come up and all that because what did happen is that it was interesting to see to talk with the judges about how they went about. Um, you know, because we you know we essentially just we gave them all the material to score. We didn't say you have to listen to this in real time and you can only listen to each submission once. Mm. We just said you know here you go. Sure. You know here's all the recordings and we need you to fill out a score for each of these contestants. And it was just really interesting to see, to hear from the judges about what they did differently, you know, once it was sort of at their convenience to listen to the music.
0: That's another, yeah, because I would, I always wonder about how burnt out the judges are by the end of a session of judging. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If they've just listened to 50 fiddlers.
1: I can't, I truly can't
0: imagine. (laughs) (laughs) So did, did the judges say that they like spaced things out or... Cramed the them all right before the...
1: Yeah, uh, we didn't really happened. have a... We didn't really have, like, a post-mortem with the judges in terms of, like... But I kind of, um... I just sort of gleaned things, you know, yeah, about, like, right. um... You know, um... Some, some folks were happy to, like, have the ability to go back and, like, check. You know, like, I gave them the score, but, like, is that still how I feel? Yeah, And other people were just like, yeah, you know, like, I, I just... I It was totally... You know, there's no, um... Because I imagine if you're a judge, right? You you're aware that people are looking at you while you're looking at them as well, right? And, of course, on The Voice, they use this to their advantage, you know, where Simon will be, you know, like, in, like, having some kind of very visible fit, you know? And the person who's performing just has to watch this happen, and they can't do anything about it. So, yeah, there is a lot of our... Well, I also don't want to say it's artifice, it's just kind of how things are when you're running a contest in person, Sure, is that there's just all of this interaction. But since I think in a world where all these diverse source recordings are so accessible and people are constantly being exposed without personal context to music in a variety of subgenres, it makes sense to have this kind of contest where, I mean, the stakes are super low if you wanted to get involved in you know, if we were having a I don't know, it's like a Matit contest. Yeah. And you're like, well, I don't really play Metit Tunes. Yeah. But I can work something up and then I can submit it and you don't have that issue that like I had at my first clifftop where I was like, Nobody knows me. Yeah. So, you know, nobody's gonna want to listen to my tune.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> something that Kathy Kathy Fink brought up recently, uh, on Get Up in the Cool was that if you take out the competition element of the competition, what you get is a bunch of musicians trying their best to make something excellent. And, uh, <laughs> which is like, yeah, that's a great point. Like, there's this pretense for it. But, like, ultimately, it gets people to put to, to put just, like, a little bit of extra effort into making something really special. And it's like, yeah, I want to be able to listen to that. Especially, like, right now. Yeah. Um, when I, I mean... It's what July nineteenth today, isn't it? It's like clip tops right around the corner. Or it would have... have you
1: put another tally mark up on your wall? Yeah, yet? <laughs> <laughs> a bloody finger. Oh my
0: god. Yeah, um, yeah. I miss, I miss that uh, hanging yeah. out on the lawn, taking a break from you know playing tunes and just listening. Hey, hey, bud, What you doing? You know? Did you know that I'm doing a podcast interview right now? You do know that? Do you need something for me? No? Well, I'll tell you what. If you want to be on this side of the house, you can, as long as you're not too distracting or getting in front of the, the camera, okay? So you have to stay on the blanket or behind and you have one chance. And if you, br- if you blow it, then I'm going to make you go somewhere else. And you're, you won't be in trouble, you'll just have to go somewhere else. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's gonna start right now. I need you to be either on the blanket or beyond the blanket, and don't come any closer than that, okay. Theo, do you hear me? Great. He's delightful. uh yes, uh, I'm trying to remember where we were at. We were talking about
1: oh, we' top, were, and, and you were yeah, we' missing, we're, missing <laughs>
0: here yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. um. Yeah, I mean, not that you asked me a question, but I agree with all of that. You know, (laughs) this sense that like, um, (laughs) this sense that there is something special about what happens when somebody sits down and tries to make a few minutes of really excellent, you know, contribution to the tradition. And I think in some ways the, the artifice of the contest helps that happen without it being like too self-important yeah because you contribute but it's it's not like i certainly wouldn't judge a contest submission the same way that i'd judge like an album sure because the contest submission is it's it's like temporally bounded it's not like i'm contributing this for all time it's just like this is as good as i've gotten right
0: now right and it's also it's you know uh when you when you cut something to vinyl or a cd there's a certain kind of Intensity about it. That's yeah, like, or that. Yeah, isn't isn't the same for for a contest. Even even I would say one where you have to submit uh, a video and you can't have multiple takes. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I mean,
1: we. Yeah, we we thought about you know the guidance around that kind of stuff. You know, and it's like, are you supposed? To, do you want to steer people so that? Yeah. They don't do multiple takes or whatever, and. I mean, the whole. Enterprise is still a young one, yeah. and but there's not there's not a tremendous amount of money on the table that would sure. encourage people to do anything underhanded. Yeah. But for our listeners, there are prizes, and yeah. you should compete because you yeah. know, um, given that it's regular and given that the the genres are sort of, um, you know, they're just sort of coming one after the other. You know, there you might end up in a contest with you know ten or twenty people, and you know. Yeah. You're probably really great and so you yeah. might be the best.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think that's that's just that's kind of an exciting energy to have, you know, is like my hope for it is that it makes everybody who's competing feel like they they're not just kind of like putting in their time the way that you might, you know, yeah. on the clifftop fiddle competition sure. stage of just like, I have to do this every year right. and I'll probably <laughs> win ten years from now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but more like, you know, hey, you know, the judges are gonna be listening to me and they're gonna be giving me their full attention and so even if you don't take the prize you're getting that interaction of like all the time and effort that everyone in this community puts into sounding good is being reciprocated by somebody who is an expert in whatever thing you're doing actually listening you know conscientiously to the sounds that you're making Mm. and to me that feels just that feels very fulfilling
0: yeah absolutely well, I'm all signed up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna participate in the next one.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: if it's a, a a genre that I can even come close to doing, or or, or limitations, I love I will, it. I will do it.
1: Well, the next two are so we had D breakdowns. I
0: should have taken advantage of the D breakdowns. I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll get my act together. To
1: be fair, that was the point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Low barrier to everybody, control. everybody has a D breakdown. Yeah. But um, yeah. It's I mean, it's interesting. It's obviously you know we're trying to really be a. Uh, a large table where everyone can take a seat but it's also i think there is a safety in entering contests where you know that you're squarely part of the tradition that yeah. you're competing in and yeah. so that's kind of um a challenge with these wider sure. things is it's like open to everybody but like so is the american songwriters contest you yes. know and like <laughs> oh <my
3: God. laughs> i don't see
1: myself
0: yeah <laughs> so what uh did you do you know what the next two are going to be? We do. Do we get to know? I yeah. guess know because then people could prep
2: or what? That's not... A, I mean, it's, gonna what us? are you going to do? Yeah, exclusive. I'll tell you.
1: Exclusive <laughs> <Drop> content. <it. laughs> yeah. So the next two are going to... Well, because I'm, I'm really excited about both of them. One is Buck Dancer's Choice. Oh. And so Buck Dancer's Choice, the the concept within the, the confines of Far Flung is that our judges are three flat footers. Yes. And so there's literally no restriction on the music that you can submit mm. and the flatfooters are going to judge based on how much they like basically on how danceable they think the tunes are
0: interesting it's a da- it's basically a dancing contest with no dancing necessarily
1: <laughs> exactly it's right
0: like how danceable is <laughs> your playing that rules that's a that's a great idea is the kind of thing you can do when you have a regular festival it's not just like once per year yeah. exactly yeah because if
1: we cool. did yeah if we did that yeah um, so that's I'm really looking forward to that one awesome. super excited and the other one is going to be our first non-fiddle contest which is and it's going to be a downpicked banjo contest yes.
0: uh, well I will I'll see if I can whip something together for that
1: I shouldn't have told you about the banjo one because now you're not going to do the fiddle
0: no I'll do the fiddle one <laughs> I could play something dancing, maybe yeah you we'll can
1: yeah. you definitely can I'll figure something out I think I think that kind of groove stuff is something that transfers really well across instruments. Let's do another banjo tune. Sounds great.
0: Speaking of down picked yeah. banjo. What do, you, what do you what are we going to play next?
1: We're going to do this tune called Hand Me Down My Old White Hat. Right. Okay. Yeah, so this is Hand Me Down My Old White Hat and it's a McKinley it's a tune by McKinley Asher from Kentucky and it's you know part of a Lomax connection. Cool. But I, I actually got it through Instagram through um, one of the guys who just Banjo Tune of the Week. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so yeah. somebody was ripping it, and I was yeah. like, what is this tune? So yeah, let's see. Uh...
0: Yes. <laughs> Made it. Oh wow, that's really cool. Yeah. What a cool team. So, this is all just a solo operation then? Just Rupert doing this all by himself?
1: Yeah, I I've used. I've used well, I got COVID and I sprouted ten arms. Yeah, and I just do all <laughs> this work myself. No, um, I'm just doing the mostly the tech stuff and the social media presence. So, um, I mean, really. The idea is Evan Collins's, and he reached out to me um, saying, you know, I'm really lit up about doing this, like, can we get this together? And so, you know, um, and the other people who said yes to Evan are um, Dan McDonald, who's a fantastic graphic designer, artist, and musician, and um, Brendan Brown, who has done all of our video editing. So, um, it's a a great it's a great great group of people and um i spent a lot of fun to work with them
0: on this (laughs) that is that's a crack team right there uh i love that you have dan doing the artwork uh i am kind of a big fan
3: (laughs) no way
0: is amazing and uh i mean dan i think dan was like the person who well maybe he didn't introduce i mean I think he was the person who hired me for the singing song, so in a way he introduced me to you. Oh, sure, yeah, 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 but yeah. Like, he also was the person who, like, connected me to you to, like, crash at your house and my, and my family to crash at your house that long time. Um, but, um, yeah, his, his artwork is amazing, uh, and his sort of... I love all of his, like, sort of, like... i'm I'm so ignorant about like visual art but like to me it looks like like renaissance paintings yeah no absolutely
1: i mean i don't know how he would describe it um what he's doing but the way that i look at the stuff that he's doing is it's portraiture and it's very it it has the kind of energy that rembrandt's portraits do you know which is this like the backgrounds are these kind of vague washes and they're not they don't draw the attention away from the figure at all. And they're, in fact, kind of ominous. I mean, you know.
0: (laughs) It's like slightly threatening,
1: yeah. Yeah, I I never knew, um, I never knew what sort of like, you know, I never knew that Dan was sort of predisposed toward the occult at all, but like some of his paintings (laughs) have these really weird topics that are kind of also just, they end up being um, ways of producing something very interesting visually, but you know, like there's one where this kind of like mage figure is like summoning this reflective sphere like it's like it's reflecting the whole landscape but like the way that you know a a big ball bearing would so it's all upside down and distorted (laughs) it's super cool stuff yeah no he's a yeah his oil painting is incredible his music is great Um,
0: yeah I want to say on the record the only reason I haven't had Dan McDonald on the show yet is because every time I come to town every time I come to Chicago he always puts in front of me all these other people but next time I come to town, I'm getting Dan on the show. Yes! I'm calling it here. That is happening. Incredible. Uh, assuming Dan consents. But <laughs> I, w- I would love to have the Spitzer Space Telescope up uh, here on the show. This, yeah. If I you could know. have Spitzer and Mareva, I would die.
1: <laughs> that would... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, did they, did they... The scene stomp that you did, did they perform at that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so... Um, yeah, just just a great a great duo. You know, I um, was looking for some obscure vinyl the other day, and I found a copy of Spitzer Space Telescope te- Telescope's first record wow. on vinyl, yeah. which I don't think Dan talks about a lot anymore. And the guy wanted like five hundred bucks for it.
0: Oh my god!
2: <laughs> which I
1: I just I had to imagine it like was part of his business model, but it yeah. was also just funny imagining this vinyl. You know, took a journey from Boston to like some collector, you know, <laughs> who's just like listing everything on Discogs, you yeah. know. Like, <laughs> so I almost bought it. I truly did. Yeah. No, I I love I love his songwriting, and I'll be excited to hear the the interview in it.
0: Yeah, I've called Babe Ruth. Called, called right shot. Called shot.
1: Yeah, another another little summoning circle. We'll just
0: you know throw whatever in it. All right, we have one tune left. Yeah, uh, we do. Before we do that. Yes. How do people find out more about the Far Flung Fiddle contest? How do people sign up? This is, by the way, this isn't just for people who want to compete. There are levels that make sense for people who just want to spectate. And,
1: that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we're still ironing some of this out. So um, as a competitor, the, sh- the short of it is that $5 per contest yeah. gets you the ability to compete. And for so reasonable. those $5, you have um, the possibility of winning, I think, last contest, it was $385 in prizes. Great. So first prize for the uh, the Open Division was 200 and first prize for the Youth Division was $50. And um, your participation may cause those numbers to increase, Great. because that's how large pools of money work. It's yeah. the, a property <laughs> of gathering capital yeah so um i encourage you to sign up and um if you don't compete your five dollars just simply goes to paying the people who win we have no margin on this in fact um stage whisper
0: we are losing money yeah
1: (laughs) so (laughs) So, um, um for now the live streams are available on facebook to anybody um but um as a gesture of goodwill as a spectator you can either um donate per contest or you can um you know contribute to the tip jar during the live streams yeah there are two other perks which you can get for um a slightly higher subscription rate and you can see this all um on our patreon which will be in the show notes but um at ten dollars a contest you get access to the entire back archive of performances which will become useful as we start to archive the contest videos. Yes. And you also get to um, you know download them and you can have them. So yeah. if somebody plays a cool tune that you're interested in, I personally find it super useful to have Get Up in the Cool's back archive on my phone.
0: We don't have to plug the Get Up in the Cool Patreon too. <laughs> well but, we don't yeah. have
1: to, but I'm just saying it's great. <laughs> because, you know, like there's only so many old time albums you can like, you know, add on Spotify or whatever and you still don't have, you know, whatever tune you're trying to learn and like find somebody to play along with. So anyway, I find that stuff useful. If you do, $10 per contest. And then for 20 or um, some other level, you know, we will, um, there are sponsorship opportunities. So um, if you're listening to this and you want to, um, you want, you're interested in fiddler's eyeballs for your product or, you know, the service, um, talk to us and we will work something out so that you can appears our proud sponsor.
0: Great. Thanks so much Rupert. I'm glad you're in town and we're free to do this.
1: This has been super lovely. I've like yeah. I mean yeah, I we were discussing this. I've played so little music with other people yeah. in the past few months. <laughs> me
0: too. <laughs>
1: and it's just kind of like it's gross. it feels like almost having some kind of um like religious vegetation to be playing and like look up and there's somebody else playing. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, you
0: <laughs> me... <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah. Like, likewise. This
0: has been really lovely. What are we going to play for our last tune?
1: You know, that's a good question. Um, I think... Well, you're, Is that banjo still in A? Yes. What do you need it to be in? I'm kind of agnostic, honestly. Um would be, be a good banger to close things out. Um, but, um We're going to do Apple Blossom, which... Um, is not the other Apple Blossom, but I got it from Spencer
0: and Raids. Not the Jim Bull- I, there's probably a bunch of them. I know the Jim Bowles one.
1: Yeah, I don't know, all I know is I learned this tune and it's been like a ball and chain because anytime yeah. somebody says the name of this tune, yeah. I'm like, oh, I know that one. And then it's not.
0: Thanks for being on the show, Rupert. This, this has been a delight. ton of fun. <laughs> all right,
1: cool. Um, yeah, let's see.
0: participate in the next far-flung fiddle contest or support what they're doing go sign up at patreon.com far-flung-fiddle contest make sure to like and follow them on facebook you can support get up in the cool by ordering a t-shirt bag sticker or phone case at get up in the cool's teespring store make sure to like and follow get up in the cool on facebook so you can see the video i posted from this episode and share it with the world visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional banjo series check out my other podcast think outside the box set It's available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool, and everything I've just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks
2: for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.